And uh, but today, what I felt in my heart is this: just the word thankful. And I'll come back to this thought, but the big thing that I have in my heart is that thankfulness is kind of like the immune system of our soul. It's the immune system of your heart. Um, and so I'm going to pray, and then we'll we'll step into this. But Spirit of the Lord, um, Lord, just like Samuel, we just say. Um, Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. We don't want to come to hear a guy talk. We want to hear you speak to us. We long for you to touch our minds, touch our hearts, make us more like you. And we just say, Lord, have your way in our thinking. I just pray that your word would strike our hearts today. I pray each one would leave encouraged and strengthened to walk out what you're saying to them. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, by the way, our youth are all right now down in uh, Pacific City. Uh, freezing in the cold, amazing water down on the Oregon coast, having an amazing time in the sand and all that kind of stuff. So that's really fun. So Tony and Solanita took the crew down there. So it was super cool. Um, so yeah, Thanksgiving. So Romans, if you got your Bible, go to Romans chapter one, starting at verse 21. Uh, one would not think that you would start a sermon on thankfulness from Romans chapter one. I, I, I'm finding that thankfulness, without thankfulness, um, we kind of drift, and our hearts can get hard. Um, and this is the, the word I have this morning from verse 21. For although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. When I don't turn my heart towards God and thankfulness, think about it. My heart gets darkened, and my, my heart gets darkened, and my thinking becomes futile. There is this really important posture of recognizing who he is and what he's done. Um, to have a futile thinking is to become aimless and unproductive. Now think about it. When my heart is filled with anger, when my heart is filled with worry, when my heart is filled with the cravings of my body, when my heart is filled with frustration towards my life, frustration or offense towards another, resentment, grief, struggle, all the spaces of how life buffets us. Some of it we choose. Some of it comes to us. But when there isn't that thankfulness in my heart, I become preoccupied with how I feel, think, and I just want to change that. And I get in a stuck spot. My thinking becomes unproductive. And then the other space, hearts darkened. I remember my, my friend Jenny, who was actually, she, she was addicted to heroin. She was engaged to a guy that was her drug dealer. Um, a lot of just stuff going on. And God full-on delivered her, like full-on delivered her out of a life of all sorts of stuff. And her countenance was like, kind of not happy and then when she turned her heart towards jesus she'd walk in the room and it was just like a light turned on there was just like this brightness on her face she was just excited and happy there was something about her there was a thankfulness in her heart her heart wasn't darkened her heart was lit up thankfulness is a big part of having a lit up heart thankfulness is critical to keep my heart healthy to keep myself guarded in temptation in struggle, in victory, and staying the course. And I would also say familiarity can, can kill a thankful heart. 
it kind of takes intentionality to be thankful. It takes a proactive who, what am I surrounded with? What am, is happening? Because the reality is, no matter what anyone has done to you, no matter how life has treated you, no matter what is going right or going wrong, if I position my heart in worship and in thanks, God will shift my heart. Things will, things will shift. What's crazy is this verse. This is those that do not have a space of thankfulness in their heart or worship in their heart. Romans 1, 28 through, 30, 28 through 31. This, this really grabbed my heart today. And since they didn't see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind. That's that futile thinking. To do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, coveting, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. When there's no thankfulness, when there's no worship towards God, something has to occupy that space. And so there is a, there is a space where God is looking for people that would contend to have a thankful heart in the midst of pressure. That God has a good thing for us, but it's so important that we acknowledge God in the midst. So thankfulness, when we lose thankfulness, we lose everything. Um, two, thankfulness gives God glory. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul is starting to talk about how they've gone through all sorts of trials and struggles and things that are going wrong. And it was all for the sake of these guys and gals that lived in Corinth. And they were saying, we, we've gone through all, we're afflicted in every way, we're, but we're not crushed. We're confused about life, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Why? We're going through all this stuff and the heartache and struggle, and we see God is doing something great in you. Can you imagine having a thankful heart when you feel like, Paul used these words, we are given over to death, but you are given over to spiritual life. Think about his posture. He's like, I'm just wasting away over here. This is not working out very well for me at all. But you're coming alive. Paul maintained this thankful heart. And part of it's because of the verse 15. He said, for it is all for your sake. So that grace extends to more and more people. It may increase in thanksgiving. And what happens when in, in, thanksgiving increases? God gets glory. Whatever we receive from God, thanksgiving is meant to increase in our life. We have so much to be thankful for, you guys. And when we walk in thanksgiving, it, it totally transforms everything. I, I thought this interesting thought, too, about glory. And I was, I was processing the thought about glory. And, and what is glory? Um, glory is honor. Glory is applause. Glory is well done. Glory, glory is a standing ovation. It says in Proverbs 25, 27, it's not good to eat so much honey, so it is as man seek glory, their own glory, which actually causes suffering and is not glory. We look up the lives of celebrities and you watch them and all of the spaces of glory that they receive. 
they're running from the paparazzi. They're frustrated with what's happening. They, some of them even commit suicide. They live in hiding. There's this thing about when attention and focus gets put on people, there's a measure of it that's okay, but there's a point that we can't bear the weight. We can't bear the weight of all of the attention and all of the acclaim and all of that. We're not, we're not built for that. We'll either turn to ego or turn and run. We're not made to live in the spotlight. But God is. And, and I like what it says in Proverbs. It tastes good to get glory, but too much causes suffering. Now, I don't know if anybody here is that famous. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe we'll do some autographs afterwards for Alondra if she can, if she can write some for us. But, but you guys, only God can really handle being fully glorified. He's the only one that carried the weight. He's the only one that it won't mess with his ego. It won't turn him. And whatever we glorify is what will emulate. This is why so many little girls are running around singing Justin Bieber songs. You know, like everybody loves. I don't even know where I was going with that. But anyway. When God hides us in obscurity, it can be a gift. But when he shows himself, it's also a gift. I love in Exodus 34, 6, it says this. The Lord stood before Moses and he proclaimed. This is him glorifying himself. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will no, by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And, the, and Moses quickly bowed his head towards the earth and he worshiped. Why? Because he saw God for who he was and his only response was, wow. This is what happens when we come in contact with the living God. Thanksgiving results in God being glorified. Thanksgiving also does this. Thanksgiving and praise draws God's presence. There's something that happens in the place of thanksgiving and praise. Second Chronicles 5 talks about these singers, and, and they're all standing before the Lord. And it said, and it was their duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves heard in unison, in praise and in thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, they all sang out, for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. And then it said this, the house, the house of the Lord was filled with smoke. The presence of God showed up. When? When they all in unison said, he is good. His love endures forever. And I, I think that's something that God so is longing for, is a people that will cry out, all of us in unison saying, oh, wow, for he is good. His love endures forever. I think the important key in that, too, is that it is of one heart and one mind, all of us, with a raised, thankful heart. So what happens in thankfulness? When we lose it, we lose everything. When we're thankful, we bring glory to God. When we're thankful, the presence of God draws near, often in a tangible way. When we're thankful and when we praise, it also protects the heart. And I said this at the beginning. In the time of Nehemiah, the city of Jerusalem had been decimated. It had been knocked down. The walls were knocked down. They built up the walls all the way around the city. And then when they dedicated it, they sent a choir to the north and a choir to the south. And they walked. 
and one choir went north, and they proclaimed the thanksgiving and the goodness of God, and one went this way, and they proclaimed the thanksgiving and the goodness of God. I kind of think that's a representation also of the walls of my heart and your heart. That around us is these places of thankfulness and praise. Or not. And the enemy of our souls comes in and he tries to attack our hearts. And he tries to bring worry and confusion and frustration. But around the edges of my heart and my life, God wants us to have this walkway of thankfulness. God, I thank you for what you're doing what you've done in my family. I thank you what you've done with my resources. I thank you, God, for how you've provided that in the thankfulness, it guards our heart from the lies and deception and the twisting of what Satan wants to do in our lives. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Anything. Nada. Zippo. Zilch. How many more languages can I do? I don't know how to, actually, I don't know how to say it in German. Nix, yeah, you guys know better than me. Nothing. Think about it. Nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Then here's the thing. How are we supposed to pray? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. When I looked at this a little closer and tell God what, what you need, something became very clear when I looked at what it meant. It's this. Tell God specifically what you need. God, I need 500 bucks because rent is due. God, I'm struggling with my relationship with my daughter. She always wants applesauce. God, I'm, I don't know what to do with this work situation. I'm frustrated in myself. I da, 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 whatever it is, get specific in your praying. I think sometimes we're not very specific because we're so filled with worry. And so instead of actually praying, we say, well, God, here's this wrong and this wrong and this wrong, and I'm confused about this and I'm flustered about this, and why are they acting this way and all of this stuff. And it's great to share our heart with God. It's great. He loves to hear it, but you're not praying yet. You're praying once you get to a point where you say something specific to God and say, God, I am lifting this specific thing. Would you do this? And then the second part is thankful. Remember back what he's done. What has God done in your life? How has he changed circumstances? How has he reinforced you when you made a dumb decision? How has he helped you and sustain you? What has he said about your life? That when this is what effective prayer is, that space of God, I need this. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And then it says this in verse 7. Then, everyone say then. Then, not before. Not, no, then, after you've said no to worry. After you've said, I'm going to pray specific, and then I'm going to thank God for ways. Then, what? Then the peace of God will struck your heart. Why? Because God fills the place of thankfulness. And when we're thankful, we're able to go, oh, there he is. There's my God. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Anybody not understand some things? You're like, I don't understand Jeremy. I know, I don't either. His peace, what was that? 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, when we go through our day, think about it. Think about all the things, the, the arrows, the, the thwacks on the back, the places of maybe insecurity, the struggle, all that stuff that attack the heart. Maybe someone else is having a bad day, and you ever heard this phrase, hurting people hurt people? And so you're in an experience where someone else is hurting, and now they've hurt you. But what is God's promise here? That the peace of God will guard our heart. So as other people are doing what they should or not doing what they should, as, as, as experiences come and jobs happen or don't happen, as things are hard or simple or health or this or that, whatever it is, God's promise is that if we would pray specifically to him, God, this is what's up, this is what I need, this is where I am. God, I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for what you've done. You are faithful. His promise is peace. His promise is, I got you, kid. It's going to be okay. Amen? I think that was good preaching. I think that was, I think that was some good preaching. <laughs> when you're tempted to worry, start over. Isn't that a good word? When you're tempted to worry, start over. Remind yourself of who, what he's done. That leaves us in a position to receive God's peace. When I'm tempted to worry, I'm tempted to try to fix it in my own strength. Folks, we're not smart enough, strong enough, wise enough. We need to know, we need to lean into the access of God, what he has in store for us. It's in his peace that we experience also his voice. That's where he talks when there's peace. It's super tricky to hear God's voice when you're stressed out. Sometimes I think God is so, God is talking to us, he's working, but we are so stressed we're not hearing a thing. And God's like, remind yourself again, Jeremy, of who I am. Remind yourself again of what I've said to you. Remind yourself, come on, don't stop, trust me. And I'm still the one that called you, I'm still the one that's working in you, I'm still meant what I said way back, whatever day, don't sacrifice your stress. Don't sacrifice your, your um, don't give up your peace for that sense of stress. Not worth it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 19 is this. This, was, this one really provoked my heart. Verse 16. You can just make this your life verse. Always be joyful. Just do it. Here's another one that could be your life verse. Never stop praying. Next one. Be thankful in all circumstances. I think you can only do that if you can recognize that God's there with you. If you can look back on what he's done. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And this verse really struck my heart. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that verse 18 and 19 are connected. They're right next to each other. I kind of get the hunch that when my arms are crossed, when I'm stressed, when I have offense in my heart, when I'm not walking in a thankful posture, I stifle what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my life. That doesn't mean he's not willing. It doesn't mean God's not happy to work in my heart and life. But there's something about the posture of our hearts, open or closed, distracted or looking, the place where my heart is open, my ear is ready to hear, I'm flexible in God's hands. There's something about that that positions us that God can do what he needs to do. 
I think sometimes I find in, in different spaces in church that it's sometimes near the end of the space of worship, every heart's ready to receive. Why? Because we've been hearing about the goodness of God and who he is, and our hearts go, oh, yeah, that's God. Oh, yeah, he is good. Oh, yeah, he is for me. Okay, and there's something that my heart opens, my arms uncross, and I'm ready to receive what he has. Matthew 14. It's a kind of a fun story. Jesus is, uh, he says this in verse 13. He says that now when Jesus heard this, all the, that all the crowds wanted to come see him, he withdrew from there to a boat to a desolated place by himself. And when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to the villages so they can go buy some food. And Jesus says something really awesome. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Picture that. You're following Jesus. And he's healed a bunch of people in Bellingham. We're actually out in the, the Acme Hills. I don't know if there's hills out in Acme, but there's hills in Acme. And, and he turns to you and he says, you, you say, hey, you should probably send the people away. They're really hungry. And he says to you, why don't you give these 5,000 people something to eat? Why don't you do it? And the disciples said, look, we only have five loaves and two fishes. God, I got $15 and 27 cents, 15, 27 in my pocket. Uh, that's all I got. And, and Jesus is like, okay. And he said this to them, bring them here to me. Think about it with your life situation, everything going on, right? Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, and taking the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and he said, I've thanks and a blessing. Then he broke the five loaves and the fish, and he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the crowds. The miracle happened in the disciples' hands. And there they were going with not enough, not enough resource, not enough whatever, not enough whatever. And God's simply saying his whole model of how Jesus did his ministry was he took what was given. He said, God, thank you. Thank you. Then he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples. What's in our hands this morning? What are we holding with us today? Would we give it to Jesus and say, Lord, would you multiply this? Would you have your way in this? And then going into the situations and all the spaces saying, God, touch these people, feed these people, work in my life, work in my family. Would you guys pop up and we'll just, we'll play. We're going to, we're just going to worship here a little bit. I wanted to, I wanted to end our morning in, um, in thankfulness this morning. And I just wanted to ask you about your, uh, I wanted to ask you about your, the health of your heart, the health of your spirit this morning. You know, when you're feeling sick, you take a vitamin C, right? Get some elderberry, have some uh, echinacea, you take some sort of shot or whatever, trying to boost your immune system because you're feeling a little bit of sickness come on. When our spirit and our heart is sick, think about it. 
Romans 1. Our thinking becomes unproductive and our hearts becomes darkened. What's the state of your heart this morning? Is your heart brightened? Is your thinking productive? Could it be that those spaces of the walls of thanksgiving need to be reinforced in your life? You need to be reminded again who God is. You need to be reminded again what he's done for you. You need to remember that God is faithful. And then in all of the spaces, we need to come and say, God, I bring something specific to you. This is what's going on. And then come and thank. Is that good stuff? If you just all stand up for a sec. I'm mainly asking you to stand just because I want to change our posture in this moment. And I just going to read you something I've read a little bit before. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick, cleanses lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges he discharges debtors. He delivers captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the aged. He rewards the diligent, and he beautifies the meek. I wonder, do you know him? He's here. He's here. How's your immune system this morning? Is your heart darkened, or is it bright? Is your thinking productive or is it filled with worry? Can we just put a hand on our heart together? Spirit of the Lord, we just want thankfulness to rest in our hearts again. God, I thank you that no matter where we are, God, you're with us and you are faithful to every one of your promises. You've not abandoned anyone in this room. We, God, we thank you. And I just pray a reinforcement to our hearts today that we could all say with one word, one chorus, we love you. You are good. Your love endures forever. God, I pray any heart in this room that is dark, God, would it be brightened today? Just put a hand on your head. God, I just thank you. I just thank you, God, that the inheritance of your kids is that they would have the mind of Christ. They would have your thinking. Spirit of the living God, we want productive thinking. So, God, every space of worry, we say we, we reject it. Every space of anger and offense, we reject it. Every place of confusion, we just say, no, that's not my portion. God, we thank you that you've given us peace. Can we just, on the count of three, just say thank you? Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. And let's just take a little bit here. Let's just out loud just... Say what we're thankful for to the Lord. All right, let's just do that. God, we just thank you. We thank you, God, for food on our tables. We thank you, God, for friendships. We thank you, God, um, for a plan and a purpose for our lives. Thank you, God, for the talents that you give us. We thank you, God, that when we were far from you, you still loved us. 
We thank you for your blood, Lord Jesus, that you cleanse us from every sin, and you say, I picked that one. God, thank you that you've picked each one, each person in this room. God, we thank you, God, that you um, love us, and you draw us, and you're for us, and you're with us. You give wisdom, you give help. God, we just thank you, God. We just say thank you. Even if we don't feel like our hearts are in the right place, God, we just say thank you. Like a like a vitamin C shot right to our spirit. We just pray, say thank you, God. We just pray a strengthening to every heart in this room, God, to know that you're with us, you're for us, you're a God that supplies and strengthens. And God, we also just come to you this morning and we just say we are in need of some miracles. And so, God, we, we pray this morning specifically for bodies that aren't well. And we thank you, God, that you've healed people in this room in the past. We thank you, God, for those that are struggling with finances, God, that you have been there for every step of the way. We thank you, God, that we just say, God, we need wisdom. And we thank you, God, that you've given wisdom. And, God, where there's relationship things, God, where things aren't okay, God, we thank you that you forgave us, so we forgive them. We just say, God, would you have your way in every heart? And everyone said, amen. Amen. Can we put that benediction up on the screen? I think this fits real well for today. What do you think? Let's pray. Make this our prayer for the week. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And everyone said, amen.